Hey, thanks for joining us for episode 22 of the Unlockable Podcast. This month is our second anniversary. Thank you all so much for supporting us for two whole years. I can't even believe it's been that long already. Uh, Today's episode is all about game series being rebooted. What does that mean? What are the good reboots out there? Which ones are bad? Which series deserves to be rebooted? All of this and so much more. So give us a positive rating wherever you're listening to this and let's go. Welcome back to the Unlockable Podcast. I'm Christian, and joining me as always is the Game Girl Advance SP herself. Hello. Hannah, have you heard the good news? No, what good news? There are rats playing Doom on PC. What? I just, I wanted to look up some news for the episode, and there are like two or three rats being trained to play Doom right now. How? 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 <laughs> is that possible? I left the I left the article up. Um, it's pretty incredible. The rats are named after the creators of Doom, which is just amazing. Um, but basically, they're like on this wheel or like this ball that rotates when they run, and it honestly it looks like they're being held there against their will. But they're like Ooh. every time they run, they move forward, and when they come up to an enemy. I guess they give, like, you know, if they do the right thing on whatever this ball is, however you would shoot with their little contraption, then they're rewarded with sugar water. And that's how they know that, like, okay, I did the right thing there when an enemy was on the screen. Um, Yeah, I didn't look a whole lot into it, but you need to know that rats are playing Doom right now somewhere in this world. Alrighty, then. That is such a random fact. Thank you for sharing. And you know what game has recently been rebooted? Is it is it Doom? <laughs> I actually just came up with that on the spot. Did not plan that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, we're not going to jump into the topic. Hannah, how are you? Good. How about you? Doing great. Doing very well. What have you been buying, acquiring, stockpiling as far as games go? Well, I don't stockpile like you do, but... <laughs> I am in town at my parents' house for break, so I've had a lot of time to game, and my friend's also in town, and we've been spending a whole heck of a lot of time playing, can you guess it? I'm sure you can. <laughs> Kirby Air Ride, because it is the best Kirby game out there, one of the best GameCube games ever. Um, and who I'm owns coming. It? Uh, who owns it? Like, you don't have it, so your friend has it? Yeah, my friend has it, yeah. But I'm coming up to Texas for Christmas, and so I said... I'm going to bring this game so we can play it together. And so I just dropped, what was it, $65 on a a fairly beat-up copy of Kirby Air Ride. But I'm <laughs> going to bring it, and we're going to play it, and you're going to realize how awesome it is. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I told you this already, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And I think Florida is probably the only state that can say coming up to Texas like you just did. Because you're the only state south of that me. That sticks out weird, yeah. You're right. <laughs> We're in the south south. Um and then Maybe I Hawaii. also I also took a poll on my Instagram because I had a ten dollar gift certificate at gift certificate, like a rewards thing, you know, when you buy so much um right. at Best Buy and I was like, Okay, I really want to buy a game because why not just add another one to the backlog just for fun? Um 
And so I asked between Shin Megami Tensei 3, Persona Strikers, Persona 5 Strikers, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, and Kirby in the Forgotten Land. And Kirby, or like a pre-order on Kirby, a pre-order of Kirby 1, unfortunately for you. So I already had that pre-ordered anyway, but I just thought, you know, maybe I would cancel it and spend the other $10 on that. But Monster Hunter Rise got second place, so I bought that. So it is coming very soon. It was 20 <laughs> bucks because of the Black Friday sales. That's really the only thing that I've bought. It's so lame that you made Kirby an option when you already had it pre-ordered. Well, you know, I could have canceled the pre-order and then just pre-ordered again and got $10 off. You know? I, I don't have anything to say to you. You took the audience's advice and threw it in the trash. I did not. I... All right. I already had it pre-ordered, so really it was it was a win-win for them. I just wanted to see if people were interested in it, and apparently they are. Or they're like, you should buy it and then tell us how it is. Yeah. But I'm not a reviewer, so I'd be like, mm, yeah, it's good. Well, have you been playing anything besides Kirby A-Ride? Absolutely not. No. Anna, I have been playing non-stop video games lately. I mean, when I'm not at work, I am just on my TV playing some games and i'm i'm so happy but let me tell you what have i been buying i wrote a few things down because i never want to sit here and list them all out but uh actually because of my extremely large purchase this month i have not been buying a lot so i got my xbox series x that i've been dying to have for months now pre-ordered it like three months ago she's a beauty and i love her with all of my heart Wow. Um, what a love it story. Is in fact, it is, in fact, the Halo Infinite version, limited edition. Um, yeah, probably my first ever, like, console that's limited edition. Um, yeah, ever. <laughs> what? Like, I mean, I guess as a collector, I've gotten a few here and there. Like, I have the Zelda DS, the Phantom Hourglass one, but I've never, like, ordered one during the console's life cycle, you know? Oh, so it's like a new limited edition, like a new modern console one. Okay, right. that makes sense. Super cool feeling. Um, definitely, I, I freaking love 4K and 120 frames per second. Hannah, it's beautiful. Whoa. I'm going to show you. You're going to be a, in shock. I don't think I'm impressed, but I will see. <laughs> you know, if you lie to me and say you like Kirby Air Ride, I'll lie to you and say that I like your fancy Xbox. <laughs> Deal? That's not funny. Um, <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man. I got that on Game Boy Advance. I got Judge Dredd on GameCube. Have you ever watched Judge Dredd? I have no idea what that is. It's a freaking um, 90s film based on a comic book. And I had never seen the movie. But I got this game in the mail. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to freaking watch the movie. Corny as heck. <laughs> Corny. It's got Sylvester Stallone in it. And... Um, yeah definitely a, a decent like i don't know it's a classic i guess for people who saw it 20 something years ago but i don't know hannah ago. you could probably pass on judge dread <laughs> well thank you for letting me know <laughs> what else i got rayman 3 on the pc it's a european exclusive version that comes with a rayman controller hannah whoa for the pc <laughs> yeah this is, yeah, it's like a little USB controller. It's so cool. 
and I, I'm in love with it. It's it's amazing. What does the controller look like? So it's black and it's got yellow buttons. There's no analog sticks, and it has indentations for start and select buttons, but there are no buttons there. It's like they considered <laughs> it, they made the mold, and then they were like, no, we don't need that crap. No, they just stole the mold from someone else. <laughs> yeah. And they just covered it up. That's awesome. That's probably exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, no analog sticks. It probably is a terrible controller, but I love it. And last thing I'm going to mention is, if anyone saw my last video on Wii variants, I got this super rare balloon pop variant that... I waited for the last one in the video. It's like very hard to find. And I, I found it on eBay for like six bucks. Pretty sweet. Six dollars? Nice. Six bucks. All right. What have I been playing? I need you to, to somehow play Scarlet Nexus. I finished Scarlet Nexus. Ugh, the bruh. story was awesome. You know I want to play that, okay? <laughs> I feel like they could totally bring it to Switch as a cloud game or something, and then you're going to have to play it. I'll buy it for you. You'll buy it for me? Dude, heck yeah. I'm in. Oh, I'm holding you to gonna that. you're going to quote me on it. Yeah, That's I fine. am. 11.22 <laughs> at 8.59 p.m. Eastern Standard <laughs> right. Time. Eastern Time. Um, yeah, I loved it. I mean, you know, it kind of got me thinking about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 when you came over and I played that because it was like, yeah, the, the the gameplay was cool, Scarlet Nexus, but the story is what kept me going. And it was like the the story of Xenoblade 2 was pretty interesting. And if I were to keep playing that game, it would definitely be for the story. So what is the combat like? Is it like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or? No, it's um it's straight up hack and slash. Oh. Uh it the game was like really highly acclaimed for its combat, I saw online. So really? Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was good. I guess a lot of people think it's above average. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely recommend it out there. If you got, if you guys have Xbox Game Pass, it's on there. Give it a shot sometime. Uh, speaking of Xbox Game Pass, Forza Horizon 5 came out the other day. I waited till I got my Xbox in the mail to download it. It's cars go vroom, Hannah, but it's so <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ooh, that's it. funny. That might be my game of the year, but I'll let y'all know next month. Um, Halo Infinite. I've been playing the multiplayer that dropped early. I was going to wait for the news to mention that, but hey. And I beat Halo Reach on my quest to beat all the Halo games before Infinite. To rebeat all the Halo games before Infinite. My god, you really have been gaming a lot. Non-stop gaming. Oh yeah, I didn't even write it down. But Psychonauts 2... We'll talk about that in a minute when we get to the news. So, um, yeah, let's get into the news, Hannah. What do you have for us? Okay, first, The Legend of Zelda Game & Watch released the other day. It is oh, super yeah. neat. I would, I totally was not expecting it to be so small. I mean, it's not, like, you know, super tiny, but, like, the package is so tiny. It's, like, no bigger than, like, a giant candy bar. You know what one of those looks like? Like a giant Hershey's no. bar? It's like that, that size. I was not expecting it to be so small. Um, that's pretty cool. And then on the back of it, there's a um, a Triforce, like a golden Triforce that shines when it's on, which is super duper cool. Um, that's awesome. Did you get the Mario one? I did not get the Mario one, but I'm I've sure seen the them. Other one's cooler. I've seen them still in stock. 
I like Walmarts yeah. and stuff. I just, I don't know. I'm just not that interested in it. I'd rather have a new game. Um, yeah. But, you know. And then Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl released the other day to very, very mixed reviews. Have you seen what people are saying about it? Not at all. Okay, so some fans are like, you know, they're reliving their old childhood memories, right? And some people are realizing just how, like, annoying some of the things in the game are. I've never played it, so I can't personally comment. But one of my favorite YouTubers was talking about, like, one of the major complaints he has is that the cutscenes for, like, encountering a Pokemon take, like, a whole freaking minute. From the time you, like, encounter a Pokemon to the time you, like, actually get to select, like, your move to beat, like, to fight them, it's, like, a minute and 30 seconds. Because it's, like, the cutscene of, like, them popping out of the grass, and then he, like, has to show up, and it takes forever. Like, oh my god, that sounds like a nightmare. It does. Especially coming from someone who, you know, stopped playing Pokemon games because it was just so repetitive and boring. I could imagine just sitting there and freaking waiting for a cutscene to play out so I could just attack a Pokemon. That doesn't mean anything to me anyway. You know, it's like a level three, <laughs> three freaking Weedle or something. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Wow, that sucks. It does suck. I'm like, oh, man. I really hope we never go back to that. Um, And then another thing is, depending on when this episode comes out, there's like a huge Black Friday discount on like a whole bunch of first party games. They're selling for like $27 right now at only at GameStop and Amazon. So first party titles like Breath of the Wild, Splatoon 2, Fire Emblem Three Houses, um, Super Mario Odyssey, Kirby Star Allies, etc. So I may be jumping on those. Some of those I don't have. Um, And then Kirby... Paper Mario was in there. What? Paper Mario was in that list too. Oh, Paper Mario too? Oh, I have that one. And then I think... uh, No, Paper Mario... No, not Paper Mario. Deluxe. What's what's the Super Mario Bros. Deluxe? That one. Wii U Deluxe. Oh, yeah. Sorry, what that whatever that one is. <laughs> the one with a really long name. Um, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands has been rated in the U.S., which is making fans believe that it will be released soon. People are speculating possibly in March. So usually, yeah, that feels when, like a, a spring game. Usually, when a game is rated. That means it's going to come out soonish, like within the next couple of months, because they believe that it's almost done um, through the development cycle. Um, let's see what else. Also, the GTA Grand Theft Auto trilogy released, and the memes are just so freaking funny. Have you seen them? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's just so awful. I mean, the yeah. some of the some of the characters, like <laughs> some of them look like Slenderman, like have really disproportionate arms and legs. Some of them have, like, Wolverine claw-like fingers. It's hilarious. Um, And then also there's a portion in the game where, like, the rain is so freaking thick that you can't see. So I guess it's, like, (laughs) I guess it's, like, accurate to real life. I don't know if you've ever, like, driven through a downpour. Like, you know, you can't see and you're, like, just driving into oblivion. That's what it's like. Could you imagine playing a game like that? (laughs) That sounds awful. That's awful. So, yeah, I'm so sorry for the people that picked that game up thinking it was going to be awesome. I mean, I guess they could patch over it and stuff but i don't know that's a very poor showing on rockstar's part next twitch the twitch app is now on switch twitch on switch um (laughs) and this is probably only interesting to me but i just found this out while researching for news for this episode it says falcom um is is going to begin developing nintendo switch games in-house starting 2022 so if you didn't know falcom yeah, so Falcom is most known for their Trials games, their Trials of Cold Steel, and their Yeast games. 
So up until this point, most of the Falcom games, like um, Yeez 8 and Yeez 9, <clears throat> were all like ports of older PS3 and PS4 games. But now we might actually get to see like exclusives or like same day releases. Isn't that exciting? That is very exciting for the ease and trails of fans. I'm so excited. Could you imagine the Switch getting like an exclusive Yeez game? Oh, God, it's so exciting. Um, and then last thing I have is the rumors of Metroid Prime Trilogy have started up again. Again! They've hit the rumor mill like three times. <laughs> it's crazy. So is it happening or is it not? I guess we won't know till it's announced. Well, I will be there probably passing on it that day that it comes out. Have you but played all three? Be... I have. Oh, well, I haven't, so I probably will look into it. It's going to be awesome for all the uh, the newcomers or people who have already played it and just want to play it on Switch. It's going to be great. I hope so. And I am saying when it comes out, not if, because there's no <laughs> way they're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hit, yeah. It's definitely coming out. They just they're just gonna keep denying it until they're ready, which is fine. Uh the only thing I wrote down was that Halo Infinite released early and then um yeah, so on, on Halo and Xbox's twentieth anniversary a few days ago, maybe a week ago, the Halo Infinite multiplayer dropped and so far so good. Having a good time with it. Um but in other news, the Game of the Year nominees were announced just a couple weeks ago. We have Resident Evil Village, It Takes Two, Psychonauts 2, Deathloop, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Metroid Dread. Hannah, what's your Game of the Year? Um, Obviously the only Nintendo game on there that I haven't played yet. <laughs> <laughs> so Metroid Dread for me. I've played one of these games and I just started Psychonauts 2. So this is a uh, this is an Xbox exclusive game that is a 3D platformer and I had no idea what like to expect going in, but I saw it was nominated for Game of the Year and I was like, yeah, I guess I'll try it. It's on Game Pass. Um, I put like two hours in. It's a good time. It's got comedy and gorgeous graphics. It's it's a lot of fun. He's got um, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> the first game was an Xbox original exclusive, so I don't know what possessed them to make a sequel like 20 years later, but cool. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I don't know what game is going to win. I'm going to vote for Metroid Dread because, um, you know, Nintendo, and and that's the only game I've played. Actually, who says I'm even going to vote? That would That would require me going to the website and submitting a vote. Dude, you haven't voted um, yet? I voted on all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it for the news. Um, you haven't played Metroid Dread yet, man. You're slacking. Oh, I know. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Okay, can I just say something real quick, though? So, on top of me being a gamer, right? I have other addictions, right? I like anime. You know, I like TV shows. I like reading manga and reading books. So, like... I'm one of those people that can only be addicted to one thing at a time, you know? Yeah. Like, if I'm addicted to playing a video game, I'm ad I will not stop until I finish that video game. But if I get into, like, an anime, I have to, I can't not stop and, like, be like, oh, you know what, I, I can do something else. I have to sit there and watch all of it. I'm one of those people. I know that about you. Yep. That is me. So, 
I have not been addicted to playing video games. But it'll come around. Don't you worry. I'll get addicted to Metroid Dread, I promise. <laughs> it's only going to take a few hours. <clears throat> um. All right, cool, cool. Hannah, what are we talking about today? Reboots. We're talking all about reboots. And you know, just in, in the Unlockable Podcast tradition, we got ourselves real confused. <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think we've cleared it up. This podcast is all about learning. You get to learn, we get to learn. And if we're wrong, I certainly have learned let a lot. us know. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, please do. And we're going to preface this episode with a little bit of, um, I don't know what to call it. We have to go back to our spinoffs episode and and say something about that. I think that there are a few games in that episode that um, probably could have been, like we called them spinoffs. They could have been classified as reboots. We didn't think about that at the time, and that's the only defense I have for y'all. Um, <laughs> anything you want to say about that? Um, I Like I said, I, I don't really remember the ones off the top of my head, but if we did, like I said, it's a learning process. Go tell us we're wrong. Be like, hey. Or if you want to figure out which ones we're wrong on, definitely go watch that episode and then tell yeah, us Yeah, people we're wrong love on. correcting people. Yeah. Well, good, because I get <laughs> I get things mixed up all the time. All right. Well, in the spirit of not getting things mixed up, let's start with the definition. Okay. What the heck is a reboot? All right. So I have a few definitions here, and I think we're just going to kind of discuss what we are going to define them as as we go. So these ones are already pre-written. I stole these straight from the internet. Um. When a game is rebooted, designers take elements from a previous game series and essentially start it over again. There are usually big changes to characters, settings, or the overall story. It completely um, updates the graphics as well as adding more depth to the character storyline and gameplay elements. Now we're going to pause on that because I don't think graphics has anything to do with it. Um, I don't even know why they threw that in there. But uh, yeah, proceed. Okay, proceed. Second one. A reboot is when a series is started over again, discarding parts of the previous lore and possibly designed to make it friendlier to new audiences and to act as a new jumping on point for the series. I like that. Okay. And then from there, I just have, we should discuss the difference between a soft reboot and just like a reboot in general, like a soft and a hard reboot. Okay. Um, yeah, let's get into it then. A soft reboot is not something I have written down. Do you do you want to talk about it? So what I have here is is a reboot. Is it changes the story completely? Right. It, it's it starts fresh. And I think um, what they brought up with a new jumping point, I think I'm going to refer to a lot. So to me, a reboot is something that it can take like the same characters in the same setting. I guess you could say. I'm going to bring up the the Spider-Man analogy in a second. But I think for games, it takes like the same characters and makes a new like world around that, right? So mm-hmm. why, when I was explaining this to you, I was explaining like the Spider-Man, like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, Spider-Man, um, and the um, well, literally any any iteration after that. Let's right. go with Tom Holland, new current MCU Spider-Man, right? So this the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, obviously you follow Peter Parker and Mary Jane and the whole cast and crew, right? Um. In one setting, and then what Marvel did is they took that same character, they have the same 
um, I guess it follows a very similar plot, but the story is completely different, right? It introduces new villains and, you know, just different plot points than the original one did. Um, so I think it, that, see, it's so much clearer with movies. (laughs) Video games, it gets a little more difficult (laughs) because you have, like, gameplay mechanics and you have, like, genres and themes and all that stuff. So we might, I don't know, we might revise this as we go, but that to me is a reboot, is when you completely take the characters out of one story and put it into another and make it again. Um, so that to me is just a reboot. And a soft reboot is like any combination of what I just said, right? It can be like completely different gameplay and also a different story. Essentially anything that's not a hard reboot is a soft reboot. But it's a reboot regardless. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. So yeah. What do you think? I think it's easy to say what a hard reboot is. I mean, it just like the actual name hard reboot just makes sense in my head at least. It's like, okay, yeah, we're literally starting over. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and if we're not doing that, then we're a soft reboot. I think you did a good job explaining it. Thank you. Um, and how are they different from a spinoff? So let me try to answer this one. I can probably do it best with an example, but... Maybe I should try to to give actual words here. Um, a spinoff is taking a game like the le- yeah I'm gonna have to use an example. It's like the Legend of Zelda. Um, you've got your standard going through dungeons and killing enemies, and then you've got your spinoff, which is uh, the Tingle games over in Europe on the DS. I don't know what they are, but I know that Tingle is the main <laughs> character and they're probably like mini game based games and they're not the typical story. They're not the typical gameplay at all. Um, they're still in the whole Zelda realm universe, but they took a character and focused on him and and went and ran with it. Um, I think that a spinoff can still be canon right yes would you say yes to that all right and then i think that a reboot is like it's definitely not canon you're starting somewhere else well i don't know is a a reboot canon would you say it's making it's making it's like it's making a new canon like it's still canon in whatever universe or whatever you're talking about but it's just new one that was a new one that was then that was like already previously established good call thank you (laughs) Um, anything else you want to say about spinoffs? No, I think you nailed it. I would have, <laughs> for my spinoff example, though, I wouldn't have done the Tingle ones because most people don't know those exist. I would do, like, a Hyrule Warriors. Like, it still follows the same characters, but it's set, like, in a different universe, and it's a t- totally different genre. But, yeah, I think your example works fine. I think you did a good job. Cool. And I guess we could have chosen a series that has a reboot. Oh, wait, Zelda does have a reboot and a really good example of it. It's called Breath of the Wild. Um, Definitely going to let you handle it as the Zelda expert on the show. Why is the why is Breath of the Wild a reboot? OK, well, OK, it, I, it's not a hard reboot, right? Unless, well, hold on. OK, we'll say this. Hold on. I'll let you decide. We'll let the audience decide here. OK, so Zelda, the Zelda series has a very, very like tight and well-known timeline right like all the games up until this point have taken place on a timeline and nintendo themselves have said that everything takes place on a timeline 
Now, over the years, okay. they've changed it and modified it and stuff. But it's still one singular timeline. Unless you count the break, but, like, the break is still in the timeline. Anyway, um, so what The Legend of Zelda does, and I think it does it really well, is that it makes nods to all of those older games without directly, like, saying that's where the lore comes from. So I guess maybe you could probably argue it anyway, because I've seen a lot of theory, vi- theory videos out there that do. But Breath of the Wild does not take place right now, as of 2021, November 22nd. <laughs> it does not take place <laughs> in the well-established timeline that Nintendo has set themselves. Okay. Unless you want to argue that it just takes place so long in the future that, you know, or, or I've seen even even theorists say that it's a convergence of all the timelines. I don't buy it. Nintendo hasn't said anything. They've said specifically that they left it vague so that people can come up with their own ideas. So I think if, like I said, we return to the audience thing, I I think what they did was they established a new starting point for the Zelda series while still giving nods and Easter eggs and all sorts of fun stuff to the older timeline. Right. That's the answer I was looking for. Um, and it, it's still, it's creating that jumping on point for newcomers. Like they said, uh, in one of those definitions a few minutes ago. Um, yeah. Cool. Why are reboots important? What is it about a reboot of a game series that like, what, what is, what are the positives to them and what are the negatives? Let's talk about both. Okay, I got some positives. You want me to start? Absolutely. Okay, positives like I just said, or like we just said, is that it can bring new audiences in, right? Like, like for me, looking at a series that's so long and has so many entries, like for me, Final Fantasy is like so intimidating. And like Kingdom Hearts is so intimidating. Yeah. So I think if they were to like give us a good like restarting point, I think that would be, you know, bring in new audiences, be less intimidating. Um, And then it brings new new ideas and, and fresh ideas into development development of a game so like we were saying with pokemon like the the story and and the mechanics and everything has gotten pretty stale so i think if they were to reboot that or just start over like i think they might kind of be doing a little bit with legends arceus yeah i think it would you know give new life into a game that's been the same for 20 years yep um let's see um i think i don't know do you have any positives you want to say I, I mean, obviously it creates a step on point for newcomers, but I wrote that it brings back people who have lost interest. So maybe, I guess that's kind of what you were saying, but like, I'll give the example of what Halo's about to do. The game series, obviously it's 20 years old, I already mentioned that, but Halo Infinite's about to be an open world game, it looks like, which is something new for the series completely. And uh, people who may have lost interest or stopped playing around halo 3 or whatever like they i'm sure that seeing that the gameplay has changed entirely is going to to increase interest in a vast amount of people yeah i agree and then even from like a developer's point of view like do you really want to be doing the same thing for 20 years like not being able to do anything creatively i think just for them it would be more fun to do literally anything than what they've already been doing that's a cool positive. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then I have, um, like, if you're giving an IP to a different studio to work on. Um, the only example I have of this is, I don't know if it's really the best example, but, like, for Metroid Prime 4, 
We know it was developed by Bandai Namco. And whatever they were doing, Nintendo was like, nah, dog, this ain't it. Like, they were going to make a Metroid Prime game that Nintendo didn't want, you know? Um, That's a so good then point, they, yeah. They took that, I guess, and just completely canceled it. I don't know if they've used any aspects or whatever from that original game, and they gave it back to Retro Studios, so I believe that's who's working on it now. So had it yeah. continued with Bandai Namco, it would be a completely different game than what we think we're going to get with uh, Retro Studios. Yeah, absolutely. And I accidentally, I accidentally came across an example of this, giving an IP to a different studio. Um, not entirely by accident, but like we all know that Star Fox Adventures was a Rareware title. Uh, I knew that Star Fox Assault was developed by Namco, but actually Star Fox Zero was a Platinum Games title. I had no idea. Uh, did you know that? I had no idea, no. That's the Wii U title. I guess Nintendo was working with Platinum Games a lot in the Wii U era with uh, Bayonetta and Wonderful 101. Mm-hmm. Um and then Star Fox Command, the DS title, was made by some company called Q Games that I've never even heard of. So, like, those four games that I just mentioned are completely different. And, <laughs> I mean, they're all canon. They're all part of the same... Oh, well, no, hang on. Star Fox Adventures is way <laughs> out there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, some of these could be considered spinoffs. Some of them could be considered reboots. Some of them are part of the main story. But that just goes to show, like, what giving an IP to a different studio can do um, and how it can affect the franchise. But your Metroid Prime example was solid. Thank you. Uh, and then and then another positive of that is I know it's a really big deal with, like, I guess it is with games, too. But, like, in the anime community, like, you know the studios that are going to do a good job, right? So in gaming, I guess I'm less familiar with a lot of, like, the smaller individual studios. Um but usually if, if you know a studio, like if you're a fan of that studio and they decide to make an IP that you've like heard of or maybe even a fan of, you're more likely to play that game, you know, because it's going to be something different. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Only negative I can think of off the top of my head about a reboot is the obvious, like you didn't like or you didn't have an issue with the way the series was heading and now it's been rebooted and it's going a different direction. You might not like that. Um, that's the only negative I could think of. Yeah, or like they, or or if you could even do like a company acquired like a really long dead IP and you love the IP, right? And they just decide mm. to do something completely awful to it, and it's like not even like it was before. But it's it's kind of just piggybacking on what you said. That's a, I mean, yeah, that's great. I didn't think about th- about it that way. So um, we this... do have a lot of examples written down, or I do at least. Um, some that would qualify for everything you just said, we just said. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into to the war to our examples? Yeah, man. Go ahead. I will. I think I have more than you. I'm gonna go through like half of these, and then you can go. So, let's talk about it. The biggest and best example, and this is coming from someone who has like very little experience in this series. The best example I can think of with a reboot is God of War. Those games were extremely successful on the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PSP, and probably, I don't know, that was probably it. And then in the PS4 era, they were like, hey, you know what? We're going to go and make an entirely different genre of game and an entirely different like story. And, and we're going to make this an amazing PlayStation game. And 
yeah, God of War. Apparently, absolutely amazing game. The sequel's coming soon, I think next year. That, in my mind, is like the gold standard for what a reboot should be. And that's coming from someone who's never even played the game. Um, <laughs> it just looks nice. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, just the reviews, the way people just like talk about it and everything. Um, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have a series called Sonic the Hedgehog. And, oh. you know, like 1991, he came out roughly. And, and in 2006, a game called Sonic the Hedgehog came out. And it's now referred to as one of the, one of the worst games ever made. It's glitchy. It's a terrible game. Apparently, I can't speak for never never played it myself. But, um, like aside from all the glitches, it's a game where the story has completely changed. The series has been rebooted, and and it's like nothing is like I don't know. There's like real people in it. You're in a city. You're walking around. It's 3D. It's it's a freaking weird game. The story's weird. I don't know. <laughs> that that is like the complete opposite end of the spectrum um what not to do with a reboot <laughs> um what else do we have here the legend of spyro never played those games myself but i think i, I was looking into it they had like sevens and eights out of tens um there's a few i think three legend of spyro titles and these were kind of rebooting the franchise after the original trilogy on the playstation uh, these were like Xbox 360, PS3 era, some on the DS, even one on the GameCube. So it was kind of in that middle point, right, where the uh, the generations were switching. Mm-hmm. We have Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. This was, this is an interesting one because Rare had left Nintendo. Or, okay, I guess Rare was never a part of Nintendo. They just exclusively made games for Nintendo consoles. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Banjo Kazooie or Rare went to Xbox in the in early 2000s, and then the 360 came out, and we got our first Banjo Kazooie game in a hot minute, and it was nuts and bolts, and the gameplay is way different. And I'm gonna say this is like somewhere in the middle. It was pretty good reviews, but it's not Banjo Kazooie. You know, people weren't really playing this game to, to play a collect-a-thon. They were playing it because it was, a, a I don't know, it was a different type of 3D platformer. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting example to me because of what the, the company's history has and everything and how Xbox acquired them. Um, next one I have, Red Dead Redemption. I have a little experience. I, I played the latest game, Red Dead 2, and loved it. But I was looking at gameplay for the original Red Dead, Red Dead Revolver, which no one ever talks about. It's a PS2 and original Xbox game. And it's like night and day difference. I mean, the era is different. This game is like similar gameplay wise, but I would not say that it is identical to Red Dead Revolver. It's like it's level based instead of open world. The mm-hmm. era is like 1880s, and apparently, uh, like Red Dead Redemption takes place in like the early 1900s. So, a few decades difference there. Definitely a similar style, but definitely a reboot nonetheless. Hmm. And I forgot to write this down, but there's this NES game called Gunsmoke, and 
Red Dead Revolver was originally being developed to by Capcom to be a um a what is that called a spiritual successor to the NES game Gunsmoke, which I had no idea that that game had that history. I thought that was super interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, and then Rockstar acquired the game, and it became Red Dead Revolver. This one, I'm going to leave it to the audience. This one is super interesting. It's Prey from 2017. The first game came out in 2006, and it was also called Prey. The rights were sold to Bethesda somewhere along the line after that game came out, and the 2017 release has nothing to do with the 2006 game aside from (laughs) from sharing the name (laughs) like i feel like this is the hardest of all reboots right here like it doesn't get any harder than that (laughs) (laughs) they said all right we're taking the name and they threw out everything else i think it's hilarious dang so they paid all that money just for the name (laughs) i mean do you think that's a reboot uh oh man (laughs) um (laughs) i mean i don't know i guess yeah it's a weird scenario i don't know maybe i'd have to have more information but yeah i'm gonna go yeah um a couple more i have pac-man 2 the new adventures so pac-man everybody knows pac-man but then the genesis and super nintendo game the new adventures is now a a side-scrolling platformer 2d platformer and I don't have to say anything else to tell you that that is definitely a reboot. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, Panzer Dragoon Saga. This one's weird because it's like an on-rail shooter for two games straight. And then all of a sudden they throw this curveball and they're like, hey, we're an RPG now. Like, what? <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Never played the RPG because it's like a $1,200 game, but super interesting. Interesting hmm. scenario. It is interesting. I had no idea. What do you got for us? All right. So I wrote in this section because I haven't really played that many reboots that I can think of off the top of my head. But uh, I wrote that for me, like the Nintendo Switch has kind of, I think, done a really good job of not only like rebooting quote-unquote like nintendo's like whole thinking about like the casual gamer versus like the hardcore gamer um in terms of like who they should like market for but like we said breath of the wild i think was a really good like soft reboot and i think super mario odyssey also kind of was softly rebooted you know like returned to its old sandboxy ways Mm -hmm. um and then i wrote this but you can probably argue against it like pokemon sword and shield was kind of almost like a soft reboot like we got like the open area um, it's no longer like all random encounters. Um, it, it got rid of like, I didn't play Sun and Moon on the 3DS for those like the X moves or like the Z moves or whatever. Like I got like completely got rid of those because I think they thought it would be too complicated to keep adding like all these new things to all these Pokemon games. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of see that in my mind as like a soft reboot. Um, I was um, researching. And I did find, this was just interesting, I haven't played it, so obviously I can't really speak too much to it, but a worst reboot of all time. Um, we all know Space Invaders, right? The cool, fun arcade game, you shoot the little pixely <laughs> alien guys. Well, did you know 
that that series had been rebooted to a game called Space Raiders for the GameCube and the PS2. Did you know that? It might shock you that I own it and have played it. <laughs> Is it good? Would you say it's a very nice reimagining of the classic <laughs> arcade game as a third-person shooter? I should say that I've tested the game. I haven't really played it. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah third-person shooter. Interesting. I mean, I guess it's still a shooter, but yeah, I had no idea that that was a thing. But they didn't even call it, like, Space Invaders. It's just Space Raiders. Right. <laughs> I thought that was so interesting. And people are like, yeah, it's awful. Don't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I really have for that section. Well, to go back to Pokemon, um, I, you haven't played Sun and Moon. You just said that. But the I think that is even more of a good example than Sword and Shield because that game eliminated your standard um gym battles which is like the thing you do for the last 20 years um so yeah i would say that one was even more of a a reboot than sword or shield oh well did you play them i did oh well then i guess you yeah you're better talking about it than i am but yeah i think even even like series like Fire Emblem, I think, was was a much easier like jump on point for most people, because that series is also one that's like really intimidating. There's so many releases, you don't know if they connect. Some connect, some don't. You know. Well, absolutely. I think, I think Three Houses is a really good jumping on point for new people. I was walking around my room trying to take notes for this episode yesterday, and I saw Fire Emblem, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a good one." Except I know nothing. I didn't even know enough about it to say if it had been rebooted. Like these games, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in those games. Why? Why is Three Houses a reboot? It's just I I only played it for like ten or fifteen hours, so maybe I don't know all the connections. But to me, it didn't seem like it was in any way connected to the lore of any of the other games. Right? You could yeah. just argue that it's just a new entry in the series completely, and and I would totally believe you if you had a good argument. But to me, the the point of it being a good starting on point for other things is making me think it's kind of more like a reboot. Games like Final Fantasy really screw me up. Like <laughs> we probably we definitely brought it up in the spin-offs episode. I don't know how the heck to classify it. I don't know why they're all part of the same series if if none of them are related. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That's kind of a hard one too and then especially with the remake. I mean, it says remake in the title, but is it kind of a reboot? <laughs> I mean, does it does it follow the same story? I'm not sure. I'm not super familiar. I assume it does, but does it well, change from what some I've elements heard, enough? It does. I, I've heard that it does change the story quite a bit. So that's that's interesting. Ugh. If, if the just the, the developers of the game or the publishers could just say like, "Hey, this is a reboot," or like, "Hey, this is like a se- sequel," be like, "Okay," but they don't, and then we have to make these videos like this. We would just get so confused. <laughs> All right, my next one, Bomberman Act Zero. Have you heard of this game? Uh, Sure have not. Wikipedia says it is noteworthy for its departure from standard titles in the Bomberman series. It features more realistic graphics and a dark dystopian future setting. When I play Bomberman, I don't want any realistic nonsense in it. I just want <laughs> my little my little dude with his way too round head to be running around dropping bombs. And yeah, this is a game I've seen on YouTube before and it's like, what were they thinking? (laughs) (laughs) 
and it's crazy it's not like it wasn't handed off to a different studio this is hudson soft the same company that's been doing bomberman for decades and this game was an epic fail it was it was horrible from what i've heard um grand theft auto 3 speaking of gta today if you have ever seen the first two grand theft auto games they're on playstation they're so it's so funny to see how far we've come because these are top-down games that you like you have like people are like the size of ants they're so that's how (laughs) far zoomed out you are and and you look at GTA today, ever since 3, it's it's a third-person shooting game. Like, you drive cars, whatever. Um, the theme is still the same. You were committing crimes, but it's so different. And there was no... Like, the story, way different as well. Um, but, yeah. Super interesting. Uh, definitely look up the first, like, Grand Theft Auto when you have the chance. It's interesting to look at. I will. Halo Infinite already brought it up. If it ends up being an open world game, which I think it is, uh, I would definitely consider it a soft reboot for the franchise. Um, Pokemon Arceus Legends or Arceus Legends, it's definitely, yeah, you mentioned it might be a a reboot earlier. I would say it definitely is. Um, Pretty excited to to go down that that path. Just two months away now. Looking forward to that one. New Super Mario Bros. DS. So, if you remember, we didn't have a 2D Mario for a long time. Like, there was the SNES, and there was the Game Boy titles, original Game Boy, and there was the Game Boy Color. And then, for like a long time, everybody was like, yeah, 3D is what's in now, and like, no one cared about 2D anything. Um, There was a serious lull, and I remember having a GameCube in the early 2000s and just like wishing that there was a 2D Mario. Um, You know, I I went back and played Super Mario World so many times in the 2000s. Like I just (laughs) really loved 2D Mario games and Sunshine was not for me. (laughs) I promise (laughs) you, I did not like that game growing (laughs) up. Um, So yeah, it wasn't until the DS, 2006, I think, that we finally got new Super Mario Bros. DS. And I feel like it might be a reboot, but what do you think? Um, well, yeah, I mean, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I it think you're probably sequel. right. <laughs> it could be a sequel, but then there's that always, there's that thing where we mentioned, well, if it, if the 2D kept going in the 2D direction and the 3D Mario branched off in the 3D, is that a spinoff of a yeah. 3D, a spinoff of 2D? I don't, can't remember what conclusion we came to that. I think it was no, but... Uh, yeah I could say yeah I could see a soft reboot I mean I guess it has some of the same qualities obviously as the 2D previous 2D Mario games but unfortunately you can't look at the story for help because it's literally Peach getting abducted in every single (laughs) game because there's not one (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know I think you could argue either way yeah for sure I'm surprised you didn't mention this next one. It's Guitar Hero Live. Oh, man. Definitely definitely a reboot. How do you feel about Guitar Hero Live? I actually wrote that in one of the other sections is a game that needs another reboot because, gosh darn, that was awful. But, yeah, that's a good one. You can talk about it. <laughs> no, I'm not. You can still talk about it later. Um, definitely not a good game. I, th- I thought the idea was cool. The six buttons, I would have loved it if the, the music was good, but it wasn't. Um, but I'll just leave it at that for now. Doom 3 was like 
there was like no Doom games for a while, like over a decade probably, and and then Doom Three came out on the Xbox, and it was like still a first person shooter, but the story was like super dark and like horror themed almost, like it was almost a survival horror game, and I don't know, definitely different vibes from the original Doom titles, which I mean I haven't played the originals, but I've done my fair share of research. Everybody knows what Doom is and. Doom 3 was not like that at all. And then, of course, we had Doom in 2016, another reboot of the franchise, which one of my favorite games probably ever made, probably top 25 for sure. Really? Uh, absolutely. And then that, yeah, so no more like survival horror themes at all. It's just straight up lighting people up and, and first person <laughs> shooter action. That was just straight up. <laughs> Uh, that game's like all about escaping hell and stuff and and yeah. Rayman Origins. I almost wrote Rayman Raving Rabbids, but I don't know where to claim that as far as a spin-off or or a mainline game <laughs> that's been rebooted. I don't know. Uh Raving Rabbids was actually meant to be Rayman 4 before they changed it up and so you could go into that rabbit hole. I'm going to spare us all today and we're that just going to talk hole? about <laughs> we're just, oh my gosh <laughs> we're just gonna talk about origins and, and legends later but origins rebooted the franchise that was going down the 3d route and and became a 2d game again like the original and yeah completely different story completely different art style completely different everything um fast-paced 2d action platformer and ever since then we got legends and that's it but definitely the same style as Origins. So it's it's like they rebooted the franchise and they seem to be continuing along that route with no plans of making a new Rayman game. Sad day. <laughs> I wrote Frogger, the PS1 games. They, yeah, same story as, as Pac-Man, the new adventures, except these games were actually much better. <laughs> they, they were... I guess 3D platformers, you could say. It's kind of weird when you're hopping around looking from the top-down perspective. But, yeah, Frogger for the PS1. Frogger and Frogger 2. And the last one I wrote, <clears throat> Sonic Adventure. I would say Sonic has had a new story in every game throughout the 2000s and 2010s. And, like, you could probably consider them all reboots. <laughs> um... But then it makes you think, like, is Mario Galaxy a reboot? Like, as far as the story goes, you have, like, you're you're not saving, well, I don't remember. Are you saving Peach? You're probably saving Peach. You're probably saving but, Peach. <laughs> but there's, like, a whole new atmosphere. You're, at, you're in space, and, and Rosalina's there. Who the heck's Rosalina? <laughs> and then you're like, well, what about Mario Odyssey? Is that a reboot? So, I don't know. When you start to think about things like that, it becomes a pain and it gives you a headache. I As we've experienced many times. <laughs> uh, I mean, what what about this, Hannah? Is Super Mario Brothers a reboot of Mario Brothers, the arcade game? Oh. Um. Dang it. Why do you ask me these questions that ask me first <laughs> so I can prepare? Um. No. Drop a comment, folks. Maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Please help us settle this. 
Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I mean, it could just be them <laughs> adapting to the times, you know? More people want, ugh, I don't know, in their homes rather than an arcade. I don't know, bro. Completely different games. There's no story in the first one, that's for sure. You have running left and right, uh, you know, jumping on turtles for God knows why, earning points, and then you have saving... Is it even Peach in the first game? It's got to be Peach. Toadstool. Princess Toadstool. Yeah, Toadstool. Come on. <laughs> Ugh, but then, I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. Everything's a spinoff of Donkey Kong, right? Everything goes back to Donkey Kong. <laughs> well, you're right, because <laughs> he was in that first. All right. That's enough of me talking for a little while. What games deserve reboots, Hannah? Okay, so I know I mentioned this one all the freaking time, but I want to know if you think this would be considered a reboot. So my first one on my list is Paper Mario. So it's everyone's favorite Mario RPG experience, right? Um, so the history of it. So the traditional fan favorite Paper Mario games are the Paper Mario and the Nintendo 64, which is my favorite, and Thousand Year Door on the GameCube. Um, they're the favorites for many reasons, but mostly because it follows like a very traditional turn-based combat. Um, so when entering a battle, it's Mario and one of his partners, and you guys are on a team, and the enemy is on the other team, and you just take turns, you know, attacking, either jumping or using an item or um, using a hammer back and forth until obviously the enemy dies or you die. Um, and in the later games, the battle changes a lot. I don't know why they did this, but I haven't played Sticker Star, but I have played Color Splash and Origami King. Um, and in Color Splash, it's still turn-based. But they introduced like a new paint mechanic where throughout like your journey, if you beat enemies, you collect paint or if you um, hit random things with your hammer, <laughs> you collect paint and there's like there's red, blue and yellow. Um, and then when you get to the combat portion, like I said, it's still turn based, but instead you have the cards with your attacks on it. So there's like a card with a boot on it. That would be like your jump attack. And you have to use the ink or the paint that you got from the world. Fill up that like print it. I don't know, fill up the cart, fill up the card with like ink, and then you get to use that attack. So if you don't have enough ink, you can't use that attack. Or if you don't have enough right. the right color ink, then you can't use that attack. So it was like a it's like a different play on the whole combat thing. I didn't necessarily dislike it, but it wasn't super traditional. Um and then the next one, Origami King. Um, there's no longer like there's no paint mechanic, but they did change the turn based combat again. It's still turn based again. But they have, like, the arena that you're on is, like, a big circle. And there's, I think there's four rings in the circle. And each of the rings of the circle move, like, twist like a clock, like, uh, counterclockwise or clockwise. So they incorporated into the game, like, this puzzle mechanic where the enemies can, like, move around the circles. And you have to line each of them up to get, like, the best shot. So, like, there's four in a row. You can jump one, two, three, four, but you have to line up the circles. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. And then the there's a certain amount of turns that you can do. So you can only do a certain amount of like one, two, or three, depending on how difficult it is, per round. And then if you don't, then you just, you, you know, you, the more enemies that you leave that you haven't killed, obviously they attack you, which is super hard. It can be super hard. And then some of the freaking boss battles, you have to have like certain items and certain things in order to like, one of them for one of the things, I don't want to spoil it too much, but they like freeze the items on the thing. And then they incorporated, oh god, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I played this game. But there's like arrows later on, and you have to follow the path of the arrows, and there's also like items that you can collect. It's just a whole thing, and it's really hard to explain. Um, 
without like showing you what's actually going on. But they changed the combat in that way, so it's obviously breaks from the tradition, and people didn't necessarily like them. Like my opinion, it doesn't. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't traditional. It wasn't good. Like I don't want them to keep that <laughs> going forward in the games. Um, so Is it White still turn based technically. It's still turn based, yeah, because you go and then the enemy goes, then you go, the enemy goes. But depending on how you line up the circles and everything depends on. Like, if you actually hit the enemy or how many times you hit the enemy, stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess it's 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 just different. I just can't really explain it other than that. Um, so why should you get a reboot? Fans have been upset about the direction the series has gone for the past couple of releases. Like I said, Color Splash, Origami King, and Sticker Star were all, like, weird, wonky ones. Um, and um, each of these releases... Each of these recent releases have, like, the same things in common. Non-traditional combat, like I said. There's no upgrade system in the newer games, so it makes combat almost completely useless. So, in the first one, the first Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door, um, when you beat an enemy, you get, like, these little coin things. I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called experience points or something. And after you get so many experience points, you can level up either your health. Yeah, you can you can upgrade your, your health or your special, <laughs> which allows you to get more badges which you can equip which help you um and in the newer games they don't have that at all so it, ba- it basically makes random encounters and stuff and, and fighting enemies pointless i that mean you don't need sense. to do it unless you want yeah. coins um and in order in the newer ones in the order for battles to be won you need like a special item or something that you find in the game so like the best example i have for this which is the one that sticks out in my head and i know i've mentioned it before is a freaking grill with the steak Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? You can't beat the steak unless you have the grill, which you find somewhere in the overworld. Um, which, I mean, it's fun incorporating into the story, but, like, I don't necessarily want to have to have that in order to win. Um, and then the characters in the games aren't super memorable. Like, I can't... T- I couldn't even tell you, like, any of the characters that were in Color Splash or Origami King, but I can tell you literally all the freaking partners of Mario and Paper Mario 64... Um, and then all of those games have the same like papery gimmick like it really leans into the fact that it's paper which I didn't necessarily dislike but Color Splash was like everything's made out of cardboard you know paper there's confetti woo you know Um, and the Origami King is obviously origami which is like just paper Um, it wasn't bad but it's just the the, the first two games don't they, they play on the fact that he's paper like oh he can fit into like tiny spots if he like um, faces the camera and he's like really tiny and he can like squeeze through little spots or you know he can roll up and he doesn't really get hurt or stuff like that but it doesn't like rely on the paper thing to like carry the story forward does that make sense yeah I get you um, and so why it should get reboot I think because a lot of the fans aren't a fan of where this, the story is going and there's too many like I don't know just, just differences between the traditional games so I don't know if it would technically be considered a reboot if it just returns to the old form. But within the last six or seven or, I don't know, even ten years, the only releases have been these non-traditional ones. So you think that would be considered a reboot or not? Um. I, yeah, I was sitting here thinking about it. I thought you were about to tell me that like Color Splash was a reboot. I think that, that they have not been reboots yet. But I do think that if... Well, I, I see what you're saying. I see the dilemma here. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
That is tough. That is very tough. I feel like we need a refresher on... Can you read that third definition again? The third one that you got from the internet? Oh, I only that got two from good. the internet. What? I only got two from the internet. I can okay, reread well, them again just to, just to refresh everybody. Let's do it. Okay, so the first one I got from the internet is when a game is rebooted, designers take elements from a previous game series and essentially start it over again. There are usually big changes to character settings or the overall story. Um, and then the second one is a reboot is when a series is started over again, discarding parts of the previous lore and possibly design to make it friendlier to new audiences and to act as a new jumping off point of the series. Yeah, I feel like just making a game good again doesn't count as a reboot. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if if we're going like in one trendish, like line, right? So we're going from the first one, two thousand year door, to either the one on the Wii, then Sticker Star, then this one. So it's going in one direction, right? And that's this. That's the way that the, they want the series to progress. But if the fans wanted to like circle back around and make like a new timeline, a new jumping on point, then would that be a reboot or not? I'm thinking in terms of story, which makes it even harder because none They're of the games correlate. Connected, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if it's still turn-based RPG, it couldn't be a reboot. Hmm. Okay, I guess it makes sense. But yeah, that was like my, my dilemma in my mind. I was like, I don't, because it would be starting it new, technically, from what a lot of the fans are familiar with. I mean, unless you're old like we are. You know, we play these games when you're younger, but a lot of the new fans don't even know of the older ones, right? They've never heard of them. Yeah. So I don't know. But, um, yeah. That, yeah, that was... it makes you think that, like, after some point, after so many years, maybe it could be qualified as a reboot just because of the time. But I don't know if time is a fair qualification for something to be a reboot. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that was my first one. Um, do you want to keep going? You want to do one? We can alternate. I have uh, got to give it to my boy Star Fox. This man started out as an outer space rail shooter that was on the Super Nintendo. The series developed into a game with a good amount of lore and depth, I would say, in Star Fox 64 just a few years later. And then everything was changed all of a sudden. 2002, Star Fox Adventures came out. Game was not originally developed to be a Star Fox game, which is like, I feel like that puts an interesting twist on the whole reboot conversation because Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're like, hey, we're making this game. And Nintendo's like, all right, well, it's Star Fox now. It's like, what? (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh, I don't even know if I want to go into that. But game, the game was finally returned to its original form i would say in 2016 so star fox assault you had you had everything you had freaking driving around on on the ground you had flying the r-wing and then you had third person shooter walking around on foot um so i wouldn't consider that going back to its form i would say that game was also a reboot um star fox commands like this strategy game like that's that's a reboot. I honestly everything before Star Fox Zero, I would consider uh, a reboot. Um, I enjoyed the game. Most people did not, so I'm just gonna throw that out there. I think that because the series has been so sporadic for let's say 20 years, um, 
And because people haven't been enjoying the games that have been coming out, I guess it's only one, 2016. Since people didn't enjoy Star Fox Zero, I think it's time for a reboot. I think that we should go back to Assault style. Um, I think that game had had it made. I think that was like one of the best. I, I like. I think everyone's gonna say Star Fox 64 is the best Star Fox game. But I do think that there were some awesome mechanics, awesome ideas in Star Fox Assault. Because the Landmaster, really cool to drive around in. Obviously, the R-Wing, great thing to fly around. It's the main thing in Star Fox. Um, but also, running around third person shooting things, I love that too. I personally think that that game would be successful. Even having <clears throat> the multiplayer from Assault was solid. So... Taking taking the series down that route again and giving us a new Star Fox game with all three of those um, options, all three of those forms of gameplay combined, I think that would be a successful route for Nintendo. And I mean, heck, give us open world, open galaxy exploration. The game takes place in outer space. Like there, there are literally no limits. This game could be incredible. Stumble across the next planet you want to explore. I mean, it's something along the lines of. I, what I imagine that that one Ubisoft game was like the one Starlink. that you played, yeah. yeah, something like that. Like take a note from the game that that people used your character for. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So you're saying that you want all of Star Fox to go back to the assault style, but do you I want, want the it... style? Go ahead. Do you want it to like continue off of that lore, or do you want it to just be like a whole new universe? No, in order for it to be a reboot, it's got to be its own new se- um, story. Gotcha. So just the the gameplay is what I enjoyed from Assault. I think that's what we should should go off of. Gotcha. What else you got? Okay, so my next one, I guess, kind of is in the same vein of Paper Mario then, but it's Tony Hawk Pro Skater 6. So the first four entries in the game were awesome. Like, everyone loved them, right? They're skateboardy, like, they're arcade skateboard games, right? Not super realistic. You can, like, freaking grind, <laughs> you know, do all these things in, like, succession that you wouldn't normally necessarily be able to do um, in real life. So, 5, I know, is, like, where the series just takes, like, a complete nosedive, and everyone's like, what the heck is this? Like, it's super buggy, it's super awful, it's super clunky. Um, yeah. So if you would return to that for like a sixth entry in the series, you're saying that wouldn't be a reboot? Return to the first four games? Yeah, like obviously we still follow Tony Hawk, so I don't know if that makes it a little more complicated because <laughs> it's still like the main character or whatever. But yeah, starting over and doing completely different things than five, but following more in line with the things they did with one through four. So gameplay is one thing. Like we can say, um, like Tony Hawk Underground, totally different story wise, and honestly, like the gameplay was the same, but the the goals were different. Like I would consider that a reboot. So just saying, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Six, I would call that a sequel. Gotcha. All right. Well, that would be my second one then. Okay. Uh, how many of these do you have? A um. Lot? I have... No, I don't have that many. I have, like, three more. Okay. I quickly wrote down Rayman because I got to throw my man Rayman in. Got to get him in every podcast. But Rayman is a 2D platformer from 1995. 3D platformer after that for quite some time. And then, like I mentioned earlier, he came back to his 2D platforming origins 
in um, Rayman Origins. <laughs> Didn't plan that. Uh, now I want it to go back to being a 3D platformer just because that's that's what I want. I don't really care what the fans want, but I think that like like would that be a deboot? <laughs> a deboot. Like, like going back to 3D platforming at this point. I don't know. It's an interesting interesting thing. Um, it's unlikely because the the series creator has left gaming completely. He's not even in the industry anymore. But yeah, just had to throw Rayman in there. Give me that D-boot. <laughs> I'll take a D-boot. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. My next one is Kid Icarus. So the first Kid Icarus is a platforming game that was released on the Famicom and the um, NES. Um, It's a pretty typical like NES platformer. You know, you jump from platform to platform, killing enemies and collecting items. Um, In the end, the point of the game is obviously to finish all the levels and defeat the boss and save the goddess of that world. Um, And then a (laughs) sequel to that game was released for the Game Boy, which I didn't know existed, called Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. Which is also a platformer, yeah. and it's very similar to the NES one. Um, and then in 2012, Kid Icarus Uprising came out of the 3DS, or came out on the 3DS, and it's no longer platform, but in this case, is now a third-person shooter. So would that be a reboot? Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, and the game was, you know, received incredibly well by fans and critics, especially in Japan. Um, and so why I want another reboot, I, this might not count either so sakurai which is the guy who um did all the characters and did everything for super smash brothers ultimate right like the king of freaking gaming um he (laughs) says that it's basically he doesn't say it's impossible not in those words but he said that it's going to be incredibly incredibly difficult to port that over to the switch um and that it's probably never going to happen because it really relies the game really relied on like the touchscreen and the setup of the 3ds and actually there was like an attachment for the mm-hmm. 3DS that you got like packaged in like a nice fancy big box that made the game more enjoyable when you're playing it on the 3DS. And, it, and he said it really taxed the 3DS. And he said he wanted to take it like further than what the 3DS was capable of, but instead he just had to like max it out. And it was like one of the most difficult things he's ever had to do. But this was pretty like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, so <laughs> um, who knows there. So I'd like <laughs> I'd like it to be rebooted because one, it's really hard to find that stupid like attachment for the 3DS in order to make that game super enjoyable, and I would just like it like like a good new entry into the series, like starting completely over for me who doesn't know anything about the Kid Icarus series, starting over story, starting over with all that, introducing us. They can use the same characters, but just introducing us into a new universe because I don't know if they're going to be able to like continue that same gameplay and style of stuff on the Switch. Yeah, they could totally go and run with Kid Icarus. I mean, it's just got that that art style that screams, hey, I'm an RPG, like, come freaking play me for 70 hours. Like, it just looks like it should be an RPG that people love. Yeah, they I could agree. totally and run with that. And just, like, the inspiration for Kid Icarus, you know, the kid who flew too close to the sun, right? Like, it's got so many, like, actual real-world, like, mythological yeah. things. I just think it would be so cool to just start completely over. Yep, that's an IP everyone forgets about. Yep. I wrote down 3D Donkey Kong. I think that the last one that we really had was on the 64, Donkey Kong 64. Mm -hmm. And um, 3D platformer. 
since then we've had a lot of 2d games we've had some crazy spin-offs on the game boy advance and um yeah other consoles i guess there was the jungle beat there was freaking donkey konga <clears throat> you had that racing game on the wii like you've had a lot of stuff but never really another 3d donkey kong game and you know dk64 was pretty much banjo kazooie a little less collectathony um if we could get that mario odyssey style adventure that was being rumored that would be amazing i think that game could be fantastic um give us multiple explorable islands where you have to collect bananas to power whatever dk equivalent to the odyssey you would have you'd need certain characters to acquire certain bananas or overcome certain puzzles just like in dk64 mm-hmm. um yeah i mean they're doing something crazy with kirby right now like there's no reason we couldn't have that for dk yeah i agree that's actually the next one on my list um mm. So I, uh, that's like one of my favorite childhood games. Like I love watching my brother and one of my older friends play that game and, and me playing it, but I recently revisited it and oh my God, it is a mess. Like if you thought the freaking camera in Mario 64 was bad, holy moly, like <laughs> the camera would not stop clipping behind like trees and like walls. And I was like fighting with it the entire time. Um, Dang. and then another thing that like, if you've played, like we have, we played, um, Donkey Kong Country 3, like, the controls are super tight, right? Like, you jump from platform to platform, and bam, you're there, you know? You move the stick right. one way, and you're there. But in this one, because it's, like, part platformy, you're supposed to be on these platforms, but when you, like, if I'm facing right, and I want to face left in order to, like, make a jump or something, and I just, like, slightly tap the freaking analog stick, Donkey Kong freaking rolls off the platform, and I and I die, <laughs> or I have to start over. It's so frustrating. I did not realize how bad it was when I was a kid. <laughs> It was awful. It was, it was so frustrating. I mean, it's still fun to play, like you said. I think I think it needs like a revamping. Um, but yeah, just tighten up those controls or something because it was awful. So you wrote a 3D Donkey Kong. Yeah, I did. Nice. Um, well, I only have one more, and it's actually the opposite. It's a game that does not need a reboot. Um. This game is F-Zero. I think that most people know what it is, but it's an extremely fast-paced racing game that started in 1990. It's futuristic as heck. It's only had a handful of titles. And why do I think that it doesn't need a reboot? Honestly, it just needs a sequel. It needs a sequel to GX because that game had the story aspect. You know, you could dive into, like, learning all these characters. There was freaking Captain Falcon front and center, as it should be. Um, Like... He's like he seems like such a cool character in Smash and like no one knows who this guy is. Like I had no idea who he was before before I like got into like gaming and collecting and stuff. Like I when I played Melee Melee, sorry, growing oh, up. Oh god. I was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. I was like who the heck is this guy? Like what game is he from? I mean, there's no reason that that F0 hasn't made a return unless they just don't think it's going to sell well. But yeah, they they could totally just continue with that same same stuff they had going on in the gamecube and just make a sequel to gx people would love that like you don't need a a, you don't need a whole different direction for this racing game wow didn't yeah you know you should have told me i didn't write any deboots on my thing (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's maybe that's what we can classify paper mario and uh, tony hawk as a deboot go back to the original maybe (laughs) we should coin that term coined by us the unlockable podcast deboot trademarked Um, 
trademarked. So the only ones, the only other ones I have on my list are like just ones that I wanted to mention that I think would definitely benefit from having one, but I don't necessarily have like any ideas for it. Um, 007 game. I know that I, what is it? IOI Interactive is working on one. Um, but I don't know. I just think it just need like the, like, have you played any of them? You haven't, have you? None. I've played, I want to say almost all of them. I don't think I've played Agents Under Fire for the Nintendo 64, but I think I've played all the other ones. I haven't, wait, I haven't played With Love from Russia, but I played, I played the other one. Anyway, they're all, they're all like the same thing. I think it really needs like a pick-me-up. I mean, the series is quite old. Uh, started, I think, on the Nintendo 64 with GoldenEye. Um, and that game's aged poorly. I've also played that one recently. <laughs> um... <laughs> But I mean, it's such a cool, like, spy, like, like, I don't know, like, I just went and saw the newest movie, and it's just, it could be so much better than it is, you know? I just think they need yeah. to take a new direction with it. Like, one of my favorite things from um, Nightfire um, on the PS2 was that there's, like, this whole, like, s- like sneaking around, like, don't want to get caught kind of aspect, aspect, like a stealth aspect, and that's right. really that's something that I think is really cool. And they play a lot of that in like the movies and stuff. I don't know. I just think they need to add like, because, <laughs> because the technology is like reached that point where we can have like super realistic things. I just think they need to like rethink it to more like stealth, but also like gunfight, like just, I don't know. I know you've never played it, so you don't really know what I'm talking about, but I just think that it could be so much better than it is. Um, And then you mentioned this earlier with Kirby, how they're doing like a, a new 3D open world thing. I think that would be considered a reboot, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, we haven't seen enough yet, but I'm thinking it's going to be a reboot. I'm pretty excited for that. Um, but yeah, I think in that same vein, I think that Yoshi also kind of needs like a pick me up, um, like a reimagining kind of deal. Cause yeah, the 2D platform is fun, but I think a 3D game would be super fun. Kind of in the style, like a Donkey Kong game or, or literally anything like that. Um, or even just like a Yoshi origin story. How freaking cool would that be? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, but like a 3D one, like set in like an open world or whatever. And you're like trying to find, I don't know, a partner. And then you stumble upon Mario. How cool would that be, right? Oh my um, gosh, the prequel to all Marios. That's cool. Like you're a lost, sad little Yoshi in a forest. And you're just trying to find your way. And you discover like all these cool new things. How cool would that yeah. be? Coining that one too. Um, <laughs> I wish they should hire you. <laughs> But yeah, I just think that those series need something new because Yoshi follows like the same like Crafter World or like Willy World. It's got a lot, got like a gimmick, you know. I don't think Yoshi's really neat. Like a Yoshi game really needs that to survive. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I got. The only other ones I had that I don't really have any information on is Ice Climbers. I think that one would be really cool. Um, because oh, wow. again, they're in um Smash Bros. and everyone's like, who the heck is that? Yeah. Um, and then another one is Chibi Robo because I know. That's a super, like, expensive game on the GameCube. Well, not super expensive, but rather expensive on the GameCube. Right. Uh, and then it came out for the 3DS, and it was awful. Nobody liked it. Um, and it sold for, like, 50 cents at five below. Yeah. So I think that needs new life breathed into it. Um, and then, I think you already mentioned this earlier, Spyro. I think it would be super cool to have Spyro kind of, like, in a... Not, like, a survival horror, because obviously... I mean, I guess it could be like bigger dragons, like trying to kill you or trying to fight you or whatever. I don't know. I oh just my think gosh, that Hannah. 
we've we've evolved past this point of like PS One where it's just easy to like collect a thon, like you know it's fast, it's budget worthy, blah 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 blah. I think we've passed that point, you know, in gaming where it's not super costly to actually go like in depth with some of these characters and some of these ideas. So like Anna lean into fact rated M Spyro out yeah, here. <laughs> lean into <laughs> the fact that he's a fire breathing dragon, you know? <laughs> Instead of like the kitty aspect. But yeah, that's all I got. That's all the ones that I want rebooted or debooted, apparently. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh yeah, definitely really excited for Kirby though. I mean, we don't talk about it much, but that game is going to be epic, I bet. I can't wait. I hope it is, and I hope it doesn't disappoint like Star Allies did, because 2D Kirby was like really going downhill, man. I think I I don't think it went downhill or uphill. I think it stayed right where it's always been. Eh, I don't know. <clears throat> Star Allies <laughs> seemed to me like a really low point. It was super easy. It was like two hours long. Crystal Shards. Yeah. Now that is where it's at. If you want to play a 2D or a 2B, 2D Kirby game, that's where it's at. Crystal Shards. For sure. I always think that one's 3D, but it's just side scrolling, right? Yep. I mean, the character model's 3D. Right. But yeah, it's still 2D. It's like a quasi 3D. All right. What did what did you ask our lovely audience on Instagram? I asked, asked I our remember. audience. <laughs> you don't remember? I sent it to you. I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, "What series do you want to see be rebooted, or what series do you want rebooted?" Um, and I actually got some interesting ones that I hadn't think about. So. We got Mally, M-A-L-Y underscore 695 says Gears of War. Didn't that oh, one go. just, didn't that one just come out with a new one? Five, Gears of War 5? Gears 5 not? came out recently. I thought it was not very fun, so I could see where oh, they're coming from. Interesting. See, I didn't know that. Um, and then we have Vengeful Joe. Or View, View, Beautiful Joe? It's Beautiful Joe. I don't know why I said Vengeful. Uh, Beautiful Joe by Retro... <laughs> EV Gaming. Dang, yeah, that's a Platinum Games title, I think. Dang, I, see, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about that one, but I know it's on the GameCube. <laughs> and then we yeah, have... Yeah, that's, that's IP you don't think about a lot. That would be cool. Mm-mm. It's only on the GameCube, isn't it? No, it's on PS2. It's on PSP. Oh. I think that's it. Whoops, I lied. And then we have Peb Sleb. Pep pep sleb we have good beyond good and evil that's one i don't think about that one is coming out with a a two i think really and the reason i know that is because it 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 was in development by the guy who made rayman he made that series as well oh honestly i didn't know that then we have octolink who says golden sun which yes i agree i think a lot of people have been wanting that I think now so more than ever because they see like an older series like Advance Wars get kind of yeah. like remade, rebooted kind of deal. So yeah, I think that's a need of one. I think Especially, so Especially that's, I mean, that's a, is it considered a turn-based RPG or t- it's an RPG of some sort, right? Yeah, I've never played it. Definitely RPG though. I mean, those are like super duper popular right now. I think maybe even more popular than ever. It's that prime audience, you know, 20 years ago, people were playing it, and now we're all ready for a reboot. Mm-hmm. And then the Lucky Woodworker says the original Xenosaga and Xenogears. That would be interesting, but I don't think those games really need to be rebooted. I just think I'd like a port of them. 
because some of right. those games are really expensive. Yeah. And do you know what the saboteur is? No. Stumpy Viking says the saboteur needs to be remade. I don't know what that is, but yeah, I don't know. And then... Go ahead. This one have a bunch. We have Super Award Arcade. No, Super Award Arcade. Um, says oh, the Game the & Watch Gallery, Twin B, Panel de Pon, Baku Baku, and Capcom Marvel Collabs. I've heard of none of those games. <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you're such a... Uh, that series, that Tetris game that you like. What is that called? Oh, Puyo Puyo? Yeah, I think Panel de Pawn is like that, or maybe it's just the P that's confusing me. I don't know. Um, yeah, heck yeah. Uh, I just looked up the Saboteur. Looks like a PS3 360 action adventure game. And uh, it's Saboteur, like like a sabotage person, I think. Like someone who sabotages. I've never oh, heard that word. I, I didn't saboteur. know that word existed. Huh. The more you know. Read me Super Award Arcades one more time. Um, they said Game and Watch Gallery, Twin B, Panel Upon, Baku Baku, and Capcom Marvel Collabs. Man, that'll never happen again, Marvel and Capcom. But some of those Marvel games, those Marvel versus Capcom games were so freaking popular. Well, okay, what am I talking about? They they still make Marvel versus Capcom, but yeah, like the latest one was trash. Definitely needs a reboot. Um, plus, there were so many great beat em ups that Capcom made for Marvel. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. the last one? Yep, that's the last one. Well, thanks for your answers, guys. You guys are awesome. Agreed. And if Always. you would like to be on the show like that and have your answer read out loud and discussed. You gotta head on over to Game Girl Advance SP on Instagram and check her story. That's me. Yeah, definitely. I, I post <laughs> a lot of polls and stuff because I'm just interested in thinking what you guys think or knowing knowing what you guys think. But yeah, I always have polls up. I try to do them fairly often, but sometimes it doesn't always happen. But definitely before every episode, I will definitely let you guys know. Cool, we did it. We did the reboots episode. Yeah, so I guess let us know down below what game series you want to be rebooted, or if we are wrong. <laughs> be like, no, that's a stupid idea. This this game is going in the correct direction. Like, if you're a Paper Mario fan, you know, and you're like, that's stupid. The games are great. <laughs> you're an idiot. What are you talking about? Let us know. There's always a group of people that, that enjoy the hated games, you know? Like, even <laughs> that Sonic 06 game I was talking about, there's people out there that defend it to the death. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah please drop a comment let us know unless you're not watching this on youtube then there's nowhere to to drop a comment well head over to our instagram and message me <laughs> and say you're an idiot i will certainly respond to you thank you guys for watching hey hannah happy uh second anniversary to the unlockable podcast happy two years man we did it Woo! we only missed two months out of 24 yeah but i think that's pretty good I know. I always bring that up. Like, why do I have to bring that up? No one cares. Yeah, no one asks. Gotta... <laughs> yeah. Why do you guys shoot us down like that? Uh, thank you all so much for the support over two years. 
I know I said it at the beginning. But I really don't believe that it's already been two years that we've been doing this. It's a blast, yeah, that's though. That's crazy. Over 4,000 listens across all 22 episodes. Thank you that's all so crazy. much. That's crazy. That's so many hours, too. <laughs> uh, where can the people find you, Hannah? Game Girl Advance SP on Instagram. I am at Bird Dog Gaming on all social media. I think we're doing some kind of winter slash Christmas holiday themed episode next month, but don't quote us on it in case we back out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And happy Thanksgiving. Anything else, Hannah? Uh, no, I think you pretty much covered it. We will see you next month for episode 23 of the Unlockable Podcast. See ya.